Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Six Slide Collabo. My name is Candice. Erica. Sarah. Nadine. And Crystal. And we're back here with... Mallory. For our final podcast. Hey guys. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. Uh, last time we spoke to Mallory Johns on our previous podcast, we were discussing issues around Indigenous framework and her views on them. Uh, she brought up some interesting points that were contradictory to our second podcast. So if you guys haven't checked that out, please do so. Um, we also talked a little bit about funding and how that works, how it trickles down into um, the Indigenous childcare sector and, and what exactly they're left over with um, and what her views on that were as well. So that was also some really good information uh, that we didn't previously have. Um, but we did continue talking to Mallory and she did have some stuff to say about the accessibility issues that um, people on her reserve also face when it comes to childcare. So uh, here's what she had to say about that. Um, yeah, for right now on my reserve, um, we have two licensed child care centers and a resource center, and they are the ones that are all licensed by the ministry. Mm -hmm. And within the one center that I was working at, we were only um, licensed for 100 children uh, on our whole reserve. Wow. And how big is your reserve? Um, it's, What's the population there? Uh, honestly, I don't even know the population. Maybe... I kind of want to say at least forty to 50,000 people. And you're only allotted spots for 100, 100 kids. Mm -hmm. You know what? There's kids here that are waitlisted as well. Could you imagine, you know, indigenous people? Yeah. It's, even, it's even worse. It's lacking. Yeah, it's our wait list for the center that I was working at was over a year long. That's wow. crazy. Yeah. yeah. And that impacts, you know parents um having to sometimes leave the reserve to Take work mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right that it's a whole domino effect it affects everything and it hits every area mm -hmm. right yeah. and if they're waiting if the wait list is so long that means they're definitely going to go off reserve right yeah so that they mm -hmm. can get the exactly. care that they, yeah. that they need because mm -hmm. if and they then, can't get it inside mm -hmm. there in the reserve they're going to go elsewhere and a non-indigenous child care versus an indigenous child care there is a huge there's difference absolutely mm -hmm. huge, yeah. huge difference yeah hard to find um, ECEs who are indigenous? Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, for me, um, again, like um, on my reserve, there is Polytech. They are another like like another miniature institution where they offer um, um, uh, like at least at least a college post-secondary level, at least when it comes to um, when it comes to that, they have a joint program with um, Mohawk College and Niagara College, and they offer some college programs that they can take like on reserve themselves, so they don't have to go off reserve. Like for me, for example, to mm -hmm. go get that education. But for me, I've again, I've I've had that experience of growing up on the reserve, but then getting my education off reserve that there is a big difference between going off reserve to get your education and then staying on reserve to get your college education. There is a big difference when it comes to that. I find that the programming that they offer that 
it does it like does help and bring some sort of structure but they lack a lot of quality practical work for me mm-hmm. i find that like um they do offer uh ECE program on the reserve through Polytech through Mohawk and Niagara and they do have um indigenous um educators but to me personally i find that they lack a lot of professionalism mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to me they lack a lot of that and they just lack a lot of practical and theoretical work to me they're not i don't want to say that they're not well educated but their education could be expanded more to better to better themselves mm-hmm. for me for example the reason why i got into this is so i can actually cuz i went through uh, mohawk immersion i am fluent in mohawk language i would like to pass that on so that's why i had gotten into early childhood education so i could get i don't want to say like quality education but so i could you could merge the two yeah together. so i could better my education to better myself that i could go back to my community and help implement that there i get the to best better yes, yeah. yeah to merge them together to merge and then i get to see that perspective of going being on reserve and living off reserve and seeing just getting that experience yeah like almost i find it's kind of almost like slack almost but i feel like that a lot of that even could be like improved when it comes to um yeah post secondary education to make quality educators yeah for child care centers for our children like yes they do offer that but there has to be some more sort of structure for that mm-hmm. there's like um a lot of our programs are about like um doing as best as they can to make you pass to make sure that you get an education but sometimes that's not always for the best mm-hmm. sometimes there isn't people who are suited for this field there are some people who lack that professionalism like time management organization that they try to push those students to do that when they lack those qualities so they're forcing almost kind of like forcing them to go out there to kind of almost like sending them out there more or less mm-hmm. and not really like I don't know the education just could be better yeah that's how I can put it so far we can see that there are a few issues with accessibility um, to Indigenous child care. And uh, Mallory goes into a little bit with her personal experiences and her personal knowledge of why people may be outsourcing uh, their child care from off the reserve onto other places. Um, one of them, as we also already mentioned, was the fact that there are limited spots. Uh, but here's what she had to say about that. Pretty much what happens, well, pretty much my partner's nephew, for example, um, his um uncles his family they had actually moved off reserve they have moved to Brantford because it was the closest city that's um from our reserve as well that's a little more bigger than like a little town like Caledonia and Hagersville so they had actually moved off reserve and they had um been living in Brantford for quite a few years now 
and their youngest, their well, their only boy, Damon, he's nine now, and he's like taking all of his education like off of the reserve, especially when it comes to elementary, and even within like the early, she tried her best. She literally tried her best to keep him in early child care on the reserve, because she wanted him to know about himself. He wanted him to know his background, know he knew who he know who he is as an indigenous person and just know where he comes from so she had tried keeping him on the reserve as best as she can but again due to um well work at the time and again of resources that was something that wasn't happening for her because of the distance having to take him down to res- to the reserve to take him to um take him to child yeah to take him to get cared for and then she has to go back to work like out in town because that's where she works it was just not manageable for her and there actually is no like other indigenous child care centers off of reserve but they are working on that now actually um during my time at my internship it was best start they are the ones that are looking into um creating they're going to start off with one child care center out in Brantford and it's going to be indigenous friend so it's just like the child care centers that they have offered on my reserve as well that's licensed and everything but it's going to be out in Brantford but they're only going to be again taking um children who are registered under the band so if they have to be indigenous members as well we were just we did a, we just did a presentation on mm-hmm. the good start best start. um best start yeah um, Indigenous Child Care Center in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was pretty, that was pretty like interesting to see that they actually, mm-hmm. like you said, they're slowly starting mm-hmm. to provide these services mm-hmm. to families who couldn't stay on the reserve or yeah. who are no longer on their reserve. So yeah. it's, it again, like things are slowly evolving, mm-hmm. <laughs> slowly evolving, mm-hmm. but I'm just hoping that over the years, things will just pick up a little bit faster and faster mm-hmm. and being aware of the, the population of the indigenous people around us, mm-hmm. um, could hopefully spread the word and change a lot of, change a lot of outcomes. Yeah. Cause Sorry, oh, sorry, because that's why they're actually that's why they're actually starting it in Brantford, because Brantford is literally like the biggest city that is around like where I'm from. Other than that, there's like the little towns like yeah, Hagersville, Caledonia, Jarvis, all that stuff. Other than that, that is the biggest city that we are have easier access to, because on our reserve we don't have a hospital, we don't have a grocery store. We don't have those resources. We have to go off reserve to go get them. Like, half of the people on my reserve don't even have running water. Like, wow. Wow. we have to go out to, like, get them services. So that's one of the main things. So a lot of people need them services. So a lot of them move to Brantford because it is the biggest city that provides yeah at least a better quality services when it comes to that so they're just now like starting to realize oh there's actually a lot of native people who live around here maybe we should provide them some child care out here as well because there's a lot of people who live off reserve who want their children to keep in touch with their indigenous background but it's not offered where they're from but i think too like at the end of the day it really all starts off at daycare and what is being 
what is being provided mm-hmm. for you guys, making sure that these children who are no longer on the reserves do have the opportunity to understand mm-hmm. their heritage, their culture, cultural, their culture, excuse me, um, and their values, which they can carry on throughout their lives, even if they don't have the opportunities to, as you stated, go on a reserve for childcare and really learn it. Um, the fact that the government is slowly realizing that and making these changes is hopefully a step in the right direction. It's just how far we are, like so mm-hmm. behind, because um, although there may be indigenous childcare centers within the reserves, you know, again, families have to make that decision. Do I leave the reserve to have resources more readily available for me and my family? Mm-hmm. And then lose that opportunity for my children to learn um, more about our culture, our, our language. So it's just having making that decision, and it just mm-hmm. impacts that child's life like huge, right? That's mm-hmm. so it's it's a decision that you you know, indigenous people shouldn't have to face. That's for me. That's that's yeah. insane. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. Thank you, Mallory, for joining us for our podcast. Um, I think I can speak on behalf of everyone that we've learned a lot. And um, it's been a pleasure having you here. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me. And there we have it, folks. Uh, We truly hope you enjoyed our podcast and have learned something new. Um, If not from us, uh, uh, hopefully from Mallory and Monica. We are truly blessed to have the opportunity to learn from them and uh, really thankful that they shared their experiences and their knowledge with us. Some of the things that they shared with us are really profound. Uh, Just for example, finding out that, you know, an entire reserve is only allotted 100 spots in an Indigenous child care is um, quite shocking. But I guess these are the issues that we face and it's it's really important that we acknowledge that these things are happening that funding that policy um all those things need to really be given a really hard look at with a a a very fine tooth comb and we need to start putting these things into priority and really getting serious about making changes because it's been a very long time now that we've had the opportunity to do so and it doesn't seem like we've made much progress in this in this uh area so hopefully we've shared information with you that you find interesting that maybe might inspire you to make a change or um advocate at the very least and uh we hope you enjoyed it okay this is six side collabo and we are signing off thanks